We'll go to Psalms 127 tonight. Psalms 127. A uh, short chapter in the Bible. We'll read the whole thing. Verses 1 through 5. Psalms 127, 1 through 5. Of course, we're preaching messages for the home and uh, just trying to give some, something from the Word of God to help families out. And uh, this is a very uh, often used scripture when preaching on the home. But it says in verse 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrow, for so He giveth His beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Tonight, what I want to talk about is letting the Lord do the work. It says here in this verse, except the Lord build the house. Okay, and this isn't just talking about uh, a house that we live in. Okay, not talking. It's not just talking about the building that you live in, but it's talking about your family structure you have. It's talking about you know the the husband, the wife, the children, the the family that you're trying to raise. That um, it's God that builds our families, and we there's things that. We need to do, but we need to understand that it's the Lord that needs to do the work. It's got to be the Lord that builds the house. It says that those who uh, who do the labor, it's, the labor is in vain. It's empty. It's nothing. We're really doing the work for nothing. It would be pretty much if you saw me outside trying to do something to, uh, you know, produce oxygen so the world can breathe. All right. I mean, it's just. I can do all the work I want, but I'm kind of wasting my time. Okay, God's taking care of that for us. All right, we're gonna we're all gonna be able to breathe. Uh, I can work, and I'm just gonna be pretty much wasting my time, wasting energy. It's gonna be empty. It's gonna be doing pretty much nothing. Kind of like some of these environmentalist people that you know think they're gonna save the world from burning just by you know recycling a soda can. I'm not not against recycling. I'm 100% for it and being clean. But uh, you know, at the same time, God's got a plan for this planet, and it's temporary. And so, uh, the global warming that's coming—not uh, a whole lot we can do to stop it. <laughs> We're just supposed to repent before it happens. And so, that's that's another subject. But the first thing we need to just remember is we need to let God do the building of the house. And really, how do we let God do the building? Because sometimes people will take a verse like this. And just they will get flat out lazy when it comes to raising their family. I'm just going to let the Lord build my house. I'm going to let the Lord uh, take care of this. Sometimes we do that in ministries. Maybe the church uh, is having financial problems, or maybe uh, you know they're they're just a mess. They're in debt up to their eyeballs. Well, we're just going to let the Lord take care of it. And that sounds really spiritual. But at the same time, letting God do the building doesn't mean we sit back and do absolutely nothing. And how do, how is it that we let God do the building? And really to let somebody do something, I guess another word you can use for that is to allow somebody. Like, will you let me come over? Or will you allow me to come over? And Are we allowing God to build our house? Are we letting the Lord build our house? And the way He does that uh, the way he builds our house is well. One, 
or the way we let him do it is we follow God's blueprint, which of course is the Bible. Because the truth is, when it comes to raising children, it is the parents that are supposed to correct the children. It's the parents that are supposed to uh, you know, chastise the children. It's the parents that are supposed to train the children. But we know that because God's Word said to do that. God told us how to do it. It's right here in God's book. It's in His Word. He's given us His blueprint. And so when me as a parent, when I'm training my children according to the ways of God and according to what the Bible says, when I'm bringing my children to church, when I'm giving them correct discipline, when I'm giving them the correct training, I'm letting God build the house by doing what God said to do. By doing things His way. By following His blueprint. It's not just me kicking back and you know when the kids are being bad and my wife's yelling at me, aren't you going to do something about your children? And I'm not going to sit back and say, no, I'm just going to let the Lord take care of them. Right? That's not what the Bible's talking about. Okay, The way we let God take care of something is we follow His plan. The way we let God take care of our financial decisions is not by us just praying and waiting for a check to come in the mail. It's by us following godly principles. It's by us not making promises that we can't keep. In other words, you know, going in debt more than we can pay back. It's by us fulfilling our vows and fulfilling our obligations and making sure that we're not ripping off other people. And if we're doing that, God can't bless us. God's a holy God and He can't bless a thief. He can't bless a robber. And if we're going to let God help us financially, we've got to do the things that we're supposed to be doing. We've, we've got to be working. We've got to be, you know, Bible says, uh, you know, those that should, don't work should not eat. And if I'm going to let God provide for my family, if I'm going to let God take care of me, I've got to be out doing stuff. And sometimes people will take the credit and say, well, I, you know, I'm able to feed my family because of the work I do. Well, the truth is, if you're working, if you're out there making a living, you are doing God's will. You're letting the Lord provide for you by you going out and doing the work. So that's me doing it. No, it's God because it's God that gave you the ability. It's God that gave the opening. It's God that provided it. It's God that gives you the air you breathe. It's God that gave you your your mind and your body and your abilities. It is God doing it. God, But God uses us. And so the way we let God do the building in our house and anything, it's not by us just sitting around. It's by us doing what the Bible says. We can say, I'm going to let the Lord build the church, and then, you know, but we don't go out and do any door knocking. I'm just letting the Lord build the church. I'm going to let the Lord speak to their hearts. Okay, the Lord speaks to their hearts through us. By us going out and inviting people, by us passing the tracks out and, and handing out those flyers, God uses us because it was God that commanded His church to go into all the world and preach the Gospel. And so when we do those things, when we follow the Word of God, we are, in fact, letting God do the work. It's God that gets the glory for it. It's not us. And anybody who does what God says to do and they get great results from it, and then they take the credit themselves, that is absolutely wicked because it was it was God that did the work. All right? And so, the way we let God do the building, we follow His blueprint, the Bible. Also, we seek His face. And we seek His face through prayer. We, do, we 
we pray. You know, you need to pray for your family a lot. Especially in this day and age, you've got to do a lot of praying. You've got to, and praying is a great opportunity for God to speak to you, your heart, and maybe help you notice the things that you're not doing right and the things that you should be doing when we seek His face and through prayer. That is a huge way that we can let God do the building. And some people, uh, it's like they think that having faith is doing nothing. And nowhere do you find that in the Bible. In the book of James, we see that faith without works is dead. And faith is not sitting around doing nothing. Faith is us doing. Faith is us working. But it is not doing what we feel. It's not us doing what we want to do, but it's doing what the Bible says. Doing what God's Word has commanded us to do. That's how we let God... Do the building. So the one thing we need, we see there in verse twenty-one uh, or in verse one, uh, you know, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And then it says, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. We need to let God do the protecting. We need to let God do the protecting. So, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh. But in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the red of sorrow. I mean, back in the old days, you know, they would, in those cities, they'd have those walls around them. They'd have people that would stand guard and that would keep watch. And, uh, but without God's protection, we can do all the watching that we want. And it's not gonna help. It's not gonna matter. Listen, there's, there's just about, there's a zillion ways to die. Isn't there, there's a TV show I haven't seen it, like a thousand ways to die or something. There, there's a thousand ways you can die right there in your own household. I mean, anything can happen. Somebody could come in and they could murder your whole family. A tornado could come and wipe your house out. Uh, you know, you could have a gas explosion in your house. Carbon monoxide. I mean, there's a zillion ways you can get killed. I remember seeing the thing when I was on kid where they were boycotting strings, uh, certain kind of strings on coats because a girl one time was going down a slide. And their string got caught in something on the slide. I mean, just one in a million chance it could happen. And she kind of got hung there. Sad story, but it's like, how can you protect from all the ways there are to die? And we've got to learn to just to let God do the protecting. And once again, that doesn't mean doing nothing. Okay? It doesn't mean don't lock your doors at night. I'm going to leave my doors and windows open. I'm just going to let God protect our family. Okay? No, that's not that's not what it's talking about. In fact, there's verses in the Bible that talk about where you know God had commanded them to take swords and to be prepared to defend themselves. And you know there I you know, there's nothing wrong with you going and buying a gun for protection. And all for that, a good thing to do. Um, it's a good practice because somebody breaks in your house. They might be bigger than you. There might be more of them. And if you're the husband especially, it's your job to protect your family. And you know what? You know, guns work real good. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But, uh, the way we let God do the protecting is one, we've got to make sure that we trust God's purpose. Romans 8.28, a very well-known passage of Scripture. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Trust God's 
purpose. In, in your family, when you're raising a family, there's going to be many times and many situations where there's going to be things that you can worry about. How am I going to, you know, pay this bill? How am I going to provide? How am I going to, how am I going to feed these kids? You know, how am I going to send them to college? How am I going to buy their clothing? You know, how am I going to, you know, give them anything for Christmas this year? There's all kinds of things that you can worry about. So their protection. I mean, when they get a driver's license, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that you, you can worry about. Uh, you know, I mean, well, you guys got Samuel and Daniel about ready to go into the military. Well, there's all kinds of things you can worry about there, isn't there? I mean, just, you know, tons of things. I mean, you got Emily getting a driver's license before too long, and that's, that's scary. I mean, I, I'm not looking forward to the, you know, I, I kind of look forward to the boys driving because then I can send them on errands. Guys, go to town and get this. I don't want to go get it, you know, but, you know, the girls especially worry about them a little more. You know, some loser guy might be out there, and, you know, I, you, know you just, there's plenty of things you can worry about. Plenty of things to get scared about, uh, to get scared about. But here's the way that we let God do the protecting, and that is we make sure that we're in God's will. That we trust God's purpose for our life. And what we, the question we ought to ask ourselves is not what could happen. The question we should ask ourselves is, am I where God wants me to be right now? Am I doing God's will right now? Am I in the place where God wants me to be? If you're in the place where God wants you to be, that's the safest place in the world to be. I'm not saying you'll never, nothing will ever happen. And sometimes it's God's will for people to go early. But if you're where God wants you to be, you know that whatever happens, that it will work together for good. And so we trust God's purpose. And that's why, you know, fathers especially, you make sure that when you're leading your family, that you are doing what God wants you to do. You're where He wants you to be. You're, you're following and, and you just trust God's purpose. Maybe it's a, you know, you're, we see in the Bible that there's no guarantees of a life without sorrow and without sickness. Uh, we don't, we don't have those guarantees, but we do have the guarantee that whatever we face, God will be with us and it will work together for His purpose as long as we are the called, or we're called according to His purpose. If we're where He wants us to be, we need to also trust God's provision. Psalms 37 verse 25 said, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Okay, God, God's going to take care of His people. doesn't mean there's not going to be some close calls. It doesn't mean there's going to be some days where you might get a bill in the mail and you're going to be wondering how in the world you're going to pay that bill. It doesn't mean those days aren't going to come. I can tell you right now, I've had, I've had many of those days. I've had many of them. You know, the Lord didn't promise that I would always have all the money to do everything that I would want to do and, you know, never have to, uh, worry at all about how I'm going to, I guess, I shouldn't say worry because we're not supposed to worry, but, uh, he never said I wouldn't need faith. Let's put it that way. And we need to trust God's provision. And that's once again, that's where we go back to, okay, am I following God's blueprint? Am I, am I in God's will? Am I trusting His purpose? If I'm doing what God wants me to do, if I, everything's right between me and Him, if I'm, if I'm not robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, if I'm if I'm giving my tithes and offerings, if I'm doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing, 
God's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of my family. Now, if I'm sitting home all day long playing video games, then I don't know that verse is going to apply to me. I might be begging bread before long. And that's so, but we trust God once again by us doing what He's commanded us to do. Well, we're in His purpose. And then we see in verse 2 of chapter 127, it says, It is vain for you to rise up early. Vain. In other words, it's empty, it's pointless. You are accomplishing nothing to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so He giveth His beloved sleep. Now, don't raise your hand, but I wonder how many in here have ever had a tough time going to sleep at night worrying about something in their, in their family. Maybe got up or you, you got up early. just You couldn't sleep good. You were worried. Maybe you were, you were sorrowful, shedding tears. It's something that I'm, I'm guessing everybody's probably going to face. And the Bible here is not even saying you're wicked if you do that. But what it is saying that it's vain, that it's empty. You know, just us, you know, you losing sleep over things isn't going to make anything better. Okay, it's God that we need to be dependent on, and we need. We see here in this verse, we need to let God do the worrying. Let it, let God do the building. Let God do the protecting. Let God do the worrying. So it's hard. I just I'm a worry war. Okay, fine. You're a worry war, but you know what? You accomplish nothing with your worry. Bible says it's vain. So you know, I'm just you know, I can't help it. You know, I get worried about things and I can't sleep. Okay, fine. You can't sleep, but guess what? It didn't help your child out one bit. It didn't make that bill get less by one cent by you sitting up and worrying about it. And then go to Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-four. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. It says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Take When it says take no thought, that's another way to put don't worry about. Don't worry about tomorrow. And then it says... At the end of that verse, sufficient unto the day is the evil are up. In other words, what that's saying is there's going to be plenty of bad stuff happening in the future. There's going to be plenty of evil happening in the future. Like, wait a minute, I thought I'm not supposed to worry about tomorrow. But the reason it's saying not to worry about tomorrow is because our worry accomplishes nothing. Because the truth is, we all can worry about tomorrow, but yet, you know, I can worry that a meteor is going to hit you know, rock falls and wipe us off the map tomorrow. But And if it happens, my worrying didn't make it happen. My worrying didn't stop it from happening, did it? You know, I could lay up all night and I could want worry about a snowstorm coming tomorrow. But my worry is not going to make it come and it's not going to make it go away. It's vain for me to worry about it. It's vain for me to, to lay up and uh, lay up awake at night, and it's vain for me to lose sleep. It's vain for me to so, you know, worry. You know, are, are my kids going to turn into drug addicts when they get older? Uh, are they going to? You know, are my are my daughter's husbands going to take care of them? And so, you know, you can worry about it, but it won't accomplish a thing. 
It's empty. It's vain. And so we see here that once again, let God do it. It says, so He giveth His beloved sleep. It's God that is watch. It's God that's protecting us. We see here in this verse. So it's it's vain to rise up early, sit up late. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh, but in vain. Basically, what this is all saying here is, let God be the protector of your city. Let God be the one that worries about what's coming. Let Him stay up late and do it. Because you know what? God can handle whatever's coming. I mean, if listen, if there is a meteor heading for the earth, I haven't even heard about one, so nobody panic. Alright, but it, all right, but uh, or let, let's say, you know, if an EMP is about to hit, it's gonna wipe out all our uh, you know, electricity and everything in the middle of winter, alright, next month. If that's gonna happen, we should let God worry about it. Because we can't do anything about it. We can't our worrying is not gonna accomplish one thing, and so you know what? While it's not going on, we might as well get some sleep. We might as well relax. We might as well be praying and enjoying our family and enjoying the Lord and enjoying Christian fellowship and enjoying the things that God has given us today instead of worrying about what might happen in the future. I remember when Y2K was a big thing people were worried about. And it was, they all worried for nothing. People spent all kinds of money, you know, stocking up on food and things, just trying to, uh, you know, prepare, worrying about something that did not happen. It was, it was all for nothing. Worrying, it accomplishes nothing. And God's saying, let me be your protector. Let me be the one to do the worrying for you. I mean, it's like children, you know, hopefully, you know, your kids aren't all stressed out about, you know, how they're going to pay the bills and uh, how these things are going to happen. Sometimes parents, they'll talk about that stuff too much in front of the kids and we'll get them worried about it. But, you know, kids uh, usually don't think a whole lot about it. You know, Allie, for example, she's young enough. I guarantee you, she's not worried one bit about whether or not we're going to have a home tomorrow, about whether or not there's going to be heat or food. Uh, she just kind of expects it. And she, her faith is 100% in us. Like I said, I've still got her pretty convinced I'm Superman. And said <laughs> so she's young, she has that childlike faith, and she's not concerned about it one bit. And, and, and that's the way we ought to be with God. That we just have that attitude. You know what? The Lord can take care of me no matter what. I'm going to let Him do the work. All I need to worry about is am I following His blueprint? Am I doing what the instructions say to do? If I'm doing those things in my everyday life, then all those future things, God can take care of them. Sufficient unto the day is the evil of the evil that's going to come in the future. We're going to have, there's going to be more days like 9 11. That are going to happen. There's going to be more stock market crashes, and there's going to be more mass layoffs. And you know what? Not everybody in here um, may have the same job. You know, next year, who knows what could happen? Things change in business. You're not you're not guaranteed of it. I mean, you know, Brother Menez, I'm always forgetting the name of the place you work for, but hey, they could go belly up this year. It could happen. It happens to places all the time. But is you worrying about it going to help it stay open one extra day? Absolutely not. And you know, Brother Vanessa, he can sit and worry about it and get all grieved over it and stressed out and start snapping at his family because he's just in a bad mood all the time, worrying about something that he can't help. But it's all this going all he's gonna do with that worrying is just cause problems in his family. And that's something that God can take care of it. 
If it does happen, God can help. He, if he's doing God's will, God will help him get the next job. He'll help him get in the next place. And you know what? The way God usually works, it'll probably be something even better. That's the way God works. And I've noticed in the last week or so that Walmart stock's gone down a couple bucks. Oh man, is my job on the line. You know, worrying accomplishes nothing. Let God worry about what could happen. In fact, we're not even supposed to worry about the things that are happening. So, well, okay, I'm not worried about things. I'm worried about what's going on today. I've got catastrophe. I've got problems going on today. But in 2 Timothy 3, verse 11, he says, "...persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all..." You know what? Turn there. I want you to see what it says there. It says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse... 11, because this next sentence that it says, I want to make sure you all got the same Bible I do here. I got a, I got a living Bible up here. Um, <laughs> it says, and out of them all, I fought my way out. Does anybody out there have a living Bible? <laughs> no, it doesn't say I fought my way out, out of all those problems. It says, and out of them all, King James says, the Lord delivered me. The Lord delivered me. Yeah, I got in all kinds of messes. I got into persecutions, afflictions, but God got me out of every one of them. He didn't. He didn't say I fought my way out. He said God got me out of all of them. Then in verse twelve, he said, "Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution." Oh, great! I'm living godly. I'm going to suffer persecution. When's it going to come? Where's it going to come from? Let God worry about that. And when it comes. Let God worry about it. Because it's God that's going to get you out of it. Are you doing God's will now? If you are, you can let God do the worrying. And now if you're not in God's will, then you need to worry about the fact that you are not doing right and that uh, a lot of these promises, they don't apply to you. And the worrying still won't help unless it causes you to start doing God's will. Then then these things will apply to you also. But... Things are going to happen. They all they always do. But then, and then finally, in verse three of Psalms 127, I need to get back to there. Verse three. So we let God do the building. We let God do the protecting. Let God do the worrying. Okay, and we let God do all these things just by us following His commandments. Okay, so it's. That's how we let God do it. And then he says in verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath this quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I got my quiver full of kids. And uh, but uh, my wife, she had all the kids out yesterday in the store, and she had Logan too. And uh, she was getting everybody was watching her and asking, Man, "Are these all yours?" And uh, you know, all but one. You know, then they see another one's coming. But uh, you know, hey, Bible says that the fruit of the womb is his reward. And I think about this: we need to let God do the rewarding in our family. It's like, well, how do we do that? Well, first of all, 
well, the most of the stress that goes on in families today, most of the conflict, most of the problem, is because pe- uh, people, especially the mothers and fathers, okay, especially, I mean, th- this here I think is 99% on the parents. They, their whole life is all about trying to accomplish a certain thing for the kids. Maybe to have a certain type of house for them, to drive certain cars. It's almost always material. I want to make sure you know my kids can have the best of everything. We act like it's all all love. You know, I want my kids to be able to wear nice clothes and you know have all the name brands, and I don't want them to have to worry about money, and I don't want them to have to do without anything. But yet, what do most people do so they can make sure that they have more of these material things? Well, they usually keep from having kids. They don't want children because that will take away from my goals. That will take away... I won't be able to have as big of a house. I won't be able to have as nice of a car. I won't be able to go on as good of vacations. I won't be able to get my kids you know, the, all the things and the toys that they want. But the Bible says the fruit of the womb is His reward. Now, if God's giving a reward for something, I would think that whatever He's wanting to reward is probably going to be pretty good and better than something that we're going to come up with. I'm pretty sure that when God is going to reward us something, especially when it says in this passage that happy is the man that had this quiver full of them, I'm pretty sure this reward is something that's supposed to make us excited. That's supposed to make us happy. To bring us happiness. And we see that it's children that does that. He didn't say, you know, that, that, you know, he didn't say that low cars our heritage of the Lord, or houses or possessions are heritage of the Lord. You know, and happy is the man that hath a three car garage, you know, with three cars. And he didn't say that. He said children, but yet that is what we try people are doing everything they can to not have children. I'm not saying you gotta go and have twenty kids, peace. Or you gotta have six kids like you know like we're about to have. I'm not saying that you have to do that. But yet, most people today are robbing themselves of the thing that God wants to give them to make them happy. And they're doing, and the reason they're not having those things is they're going after other things that they think will make them happy, which, by the way, won't. And that's why I say, well, if we want to have good families, we need to let God do the rewarding. I think a million dollars would make me happy. Well, God says, you know what? I think a son or a daughter would make you happy. I think a set of twins would make you happy. Twins! You know, you know how much kids cost these days? You know, and I, you know, two at once. Listen, God loves you and He wants to give you something that's going to make you happy. And that's going to bring you joy. And people these days, they don't trust God. They trust themselves and the reason, you know, and I got, I, I was, I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. But you know what, people? I think the reason people have adopted this mindset is they are not trusting the scriptures, but are trusting commercials. Trusting commercials. Psalms thirty-seven four says, "Delight thyself also in the Lord." And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Okay? 
Now, people have a tough time believing that verse because, okay, I'm delighting myself in the Lord and I don't have you know, a Rolls Royce. You know, I don't have, or, you know, I'm not wearing a Rolex. I don't have all these things that, you know, I'd like to have and my heart desires those things. But you know what the truth is? We don't really know what we want. It's like kids. You know, they, they will yell and scream and holler. You know, mom, I gotta have this. This is what will make me happy. I don't want to make them happy for five minutes. And in the meantime, if you give them those things, you're just going to spoil them. And as a parent, you know that's just going to make them more unhappy. And so you don't give them what they want all the time, no matter how big of a fit they throw. And because the truth is, kids just, they don't really know what they want. Sometimes, they just cry. (laughs) They just want to cry. And you know, we're the same way, even for adults. We don't really know what we want. And me and Brother Lonnie were talking about this last week or Wednesday. Romans 8.26 Two verses before that, Romans 8.28 verse. I love this verse. It says, Likewise, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit with a capital S, also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings with which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Talking about Jesus Christ making intercession for us to God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to this purpose. You know what this is saying here? This is saying when Brother Lonnie's praying, and Brother Lonnie, he's having a pity party because maybe he's having some problems with his truck and he's like, Lord... I need a new truck. Lord, I want, you know, I, I could use it. I need a brand new truck. That is what would bring me happiness. Lord, this is my need. This is what I want. Alright? And, man, the Lord loves Brother Lonnie. And the Lord wants to answer his prayers. And he promised he would answer his prayers. And Brother Lonnie even believes what he's praying for. But the Lord loves him enough that he's going to give him, really, what his heart desires. Now, Brother Lonnie, he's not smart enough to know that it's not really the truck that he needs. Okay? And so what happens is, he's there praying and asking for the desires of his heart and he thinks it's a truck. But the Holy Spirit that lives inside of him, he knows his heart better than Brother Lonnie does. Our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, the Bible says. Who can know it? But the Holy Spirit, he knows it better than we do. And the Holy Spirit that lives inside of him, he goes and kind of takes that prayer and he just kind of translates it, I guess you could say. And say, you know what? This is what Lonnie is really asking for. He just needs to, you know, I guess, you know, feel safe. He needs to feel safe on the road. He needs to just feel like, you know, he's going to be able to get where he needs to get and have reliable transportation that he could trust in. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he needs some confidence in that area. He needs something to really help him. It's not so much about the truck and him. He knows. Said you know, it's it's hard to come up with an idea because I don't know what all's in his heart and what's going on. But he goes and basically takes that to God and says, "This is what Lonnie really needs." And then Jesus is there. He's making intercession for him. It's like you know what it is. It's like he thinks he needs a truck right now. But you know what his heart is really desiring is it's this. 
And Lord, we God, we need to give this. We need to get this for Brother Lonnie. And then Brother Lonnie, he's going to end up getting a blessing somewhere else. It might not be a truck. It could be something completely different. But it takes care of whatever the real need was that he had. It, it takes care of the real problem. And that's how... God, we let God do the rewarding. That the but people they trust commercials. Well, the commercial says you need to have this to make you happy. Have you ever noticed that you know commercials like like commercials? I, I listen to a lot of them on the radio. If it's for a car, for example, if it's geared towards men, you got some guy talking tough like this, and he's talking about it's got this many horsepower and it can do this, and talking about how powerful this truck is. But if it's a woman, like geared to women, it's some lady on the talking about. I just love that you know it's it's such a safe. It's got this number one safety rating, and you know it's great for my children, and you know just it's so safe. And they keep saying safe because women they think about safety, guys think about the pop, you know, power. And it's basically them. They're trying to tell you, hey, this is what you want. This is what will make you happy. And people fall for it. And you know what? Those things are expensive. All right, you know, and they, that man. I've got to have that to make me happy. Well, if I want to get that, I'm going to have to make a lot more money. So I'm going to go and have to leave God's will to get this other job. I won't be able to go to church anymore, but I'll be able to get enough, make enough money. I could buy that vehicle that will make me happy. Trusting the commercials instead of trusting God. But somebody who trusts God, they might see those commercials and want them too. Brother Lonnie, he might see that and want that truck too. But you know what? God knows what would really make Lonnie more happy is if he's able to be faithful to his church. If he's able to have more time with his daughter. And that job that would get him that truck would only take him away from the things that are really making him happy. And so God does not give him what he asked for. He gives him the real desires of his heart. You know, that's to be a good father and to be a good Christian. So he still thinks he's desiring that truck, but... He's got desires that are deeper and that are better that God knows about. And many people today they're having pity parties, thinking that they, you know God has shortchanged them somewhere because they don't have something that they're seeing on the commercials. But the truth is, you we just need to let God do the rewarding. And one of those things that we see are children. And uh, you know, there's uh, said you know you hear different statistics and things all the time, but. I don't remember what the what the numbers are exactly, but they're saying that it's not too many years away, and white people in America are going to be are not going to be a majority anymore. And I'm not saying it's a horrible thing if minorities take over, but the reason for that is white people as a whole are having hardly any kids, and so many of the other cultures they are they figured I guess they know. That uh, you know, there's more happiness in children than in possessions, and pretty soon, uh, said it's uh, so the way our race is going, um, it's not gonna. You can't survive like that. Not having any kids in China. We were talking about the other day. You know, they only let them have one kid over there. I don't know how their population's surviving like that, but they're and the reason for that is just materialism. It's kids cost too much money. They're too expensive. You know what? Let God do the rewarding. God knows what you need. Well, the Lord might give me twenty kids. 
If he gives you 20 kids, he knows that'll make you happy, okay? If, it, if it's really going to kill you, if it's really going to make you miserable, he's not going to give you 20 kids, alright? You know, don't, don't worry about it, you know, don't, <laughs> you know, don't, don't panic. That's not what we're talking about here. But we do need to learn to let God decide what we need and what our reward is. And you might think it's that big mansion, you might think it's that fancy car, but it might be just a job that takes care, you know, that, that feeds you, that clothes you, but also gives you time with your family. And have you ever noticed, you know, they say about some, out in the suburbs, you go to some of these neighborhoods with all the fancy houses, nobody's ever home. You know why? They're all too busy out trying to keep those places. they got to work all the time. Mom and Dad. And then when the weekend comes, they're not at home either because they're all out getting drunk trying to forget about all their problems from the week trying to keep those things. It's like, you know what? Go buy a smaller house. <laughs> Stop driving a BMW. You know, but you know, got to have those things. Let God do the rewarding. Let the Lord do the work. Let the Lord build the house. Trust God's Word. Don't trust the commercial. I see things on commercial all the time. It's like, man, I'd like to have that. But you know, I'm not going to leave the will of God to go get those things. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do that. Now, I don't see too many pastors driving BMWs, so I'm going to have to go try to get you know executive position, you know, somewhere. No, that's not God's will for me. And that BMW will not make me happy. This is what makes this is what makes me happy. People these days they have no clue, and they're not even looking for God's will in their life. And they can't figure out why they're never happy. And most people think, I just need to make more money and get more things and that will make me happy. No, it's doing the things that God wants you to do. What makes me happy? Being with my family, pastoring a church. Okay, My other job right now, that's to pay bills. I'm required to do that. All of that is just to get me in a position where I can pastor, and be with my family. That's all I care about. I don't, I don't care about making a ton of money. I don't care about it one bit. If I can find another way to be here more and with my family more, bye bye to the other job. And it's not because I it's not because I hate it, anything like that. But these are the th- everything that makes me happy is what's in here today. That's that's what that's what brings me joy. And I'm just going to tell you right now, six kids, church. It's probably not going to get me, you know, fancy cars and, uh, you know, first class plane trips around the world to all the different places I'd love to visit. It's probably not going to get me that. But those are only the things, that's just what I think would make me happy. I'm pretty sure it would. But I think God knows better. <laughs> and I, so I'm just going to go ahead and trust Him. So let's all stand together. Their heads bowed and eyes closed.